On Tuesday, the Green Bay Packers cut Amari Rodgers and running back Kylan Hill, the latter of which a little bit surprising. But after hearing Matt LaFleur explain it, maybe both moves are in a way connected and a message to this team. Plus, Lily Zhao here for Zhao you doing after a win. First time we've had to say that in a while. That all starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. All of the action is there. You want props, you want futures, you want live in-game betting. It's all there for you, Bet Online, where the game starts. Lily Zhao here from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Zhao you doing after a dub? We get to do that. All of that coming up a little bit later. First, some news. Amari Rogers out as punt returner, but more than that, out as a Green Bay Packer. As you know, surprising as it was that it took this long for them to make this move, the move itself, not particularly surprising, although. You know, we're, we're not that far removed from Rich Bisaccia saying, you know, they're still working through that and they're still trying to figure this all out. And then it turns out, no, it's a release. And they bring in D.D. Westbrook, uh, who has punt return experience. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he just comes in and he's the punt returner like Thursday. That wouldn't be surprising at all. This is a guy who's, I think he has 69 career punt returns. Nice. Uh, and is an NFL player, a former NFL player. Matt LaFleur said, you know, Nathaniel Hackett said nice things about him. Um, at Jacksonville, they were together. Nathaniel Hackett, of course, no longer on the staff. But, um, you know, th- this is he was with the Vikings. And so theoretically, they could have, you know, had game plans. And, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett knew it. They had some understanding of who this guy was. This had to happen. Whether he needs to be cut, I guess, I you know, I don't know. Um, but I think the, the Aaron Rodgers part of this where he's saying, look, I, you know, he returns kicks for us and that's about it. I, I think that tells us everything we need to know about what Rodgers thought of him as a receiver. You go back and there's there's just a lot of issues. Um, drops. Wrong routes. I mean, Rodgers put him on full blast in the preseason. Aaron put Amari, we have to be clear on this, in a game that Aaron Rodgers didn't even play. Runs the wrong route. Jordan Love throws an interception because it's the wrong route, the wrong read against the coverage. You know, another, another play. Um, Jordan Love makes an incredible throw. Amari Rodgers drops it. Aaron Rodgers, a couple weeks ago against Washington, a play that might save the game. Rodgers, down the right sideline, second reaction, Amari Rodgers gets open, drops it. What what was there else to see? Darren Rodgers had no confidence in Amari Rodgers as a receiver. He was out there because he had to be. And 
then the Packers lost faith in him as a returner. So at that point, either now you're a running back or you're out. And I think that's where this Packers team got. It's just like, look, if if you can't help the team, you got to go. And it is brutal. I'm, I'm not going to do the thing that everyone has been doing all day yesterday and talk about the third round picks. Um, they're bad. We know they've been bad. It, it is anomalous. I'm not actually worried about it because they've been so good in the fourth round, so good in the second round. And Brian Gutekinds has been so good in the first round that like it's only been a couple drafts, really, if you think about it. And so we don't know what Sean Ryan is yet. But yeah, is it tough to have Oren Burks not on the team anymore, although he was a core special teams player? Is it tough to have Jay Sternberger not on the team anymore? Yes. Is it tough that now you have your 2021 third round pick? Amari Rodgers gone. Now, what it does do. I wrote about this today for the leap is I think the 2021 class is a great example of the Packers getting a little too interested in trying to win now and issuing the values that they hold in the draft. Eric Stokes 100% fits what they want. He was a premium position player, an ultra elite athlete, pedigree school. He's a Packer all day. Josh Myers, they could have drafted Creed Humphrey, who's the elite athlete. And Josh Myers has been good, but Creed Humphrey's been better. And he was the elite athlete. He's got the more upside. There were a number of players they could have taken instead of Amari Rodgers, including guys like Nico Collins, Amon Ross St. Brown, who have just been like NFL players. Forget Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been a legitimately very good player. Those guys were Packers types. They picked a non-Packers type. And it, it hurt them. And he was a guy that Aaron Rodgers wanted, a slot type. And he was to help them win right now. That's not who the Packers are when they draft. It's not who Brian Gutekinds has been. Now, he, he wants to go for need, but he also wants premium positions. He also wants premium athletes. And he wants the high upside players. He, he went off that path and look at the results. Not great. Again, you know, some fine players. But, you know, TJ Slayton, not done much. Josh Myers, again, good player. Eric Stokes, I, I still think can be a very good player, but he has regressed in year two. Maybe this is just not the right defense for him. All that could be true. But I think in a lot of ways, it validates the Packers' approach of not drafting for year one. Secondarily, Kylan Hill. Matt LaFleur never, never, offers indictments of his players. Never. But the Kylan Hill release came as a surprise because he showed some nice things as a player in Green Bay. And here's why I think they're related, the Rodgers and the Kylan Hill move. LaFleur intimated that this was not solely about the player, but about the standard. And being understanding of what your role is and trying to play that to the best of your ability and the work that is required to be a member of the Green Bay Packers. All this implying that Kylan Hill did not accept the role that he had, which was as a backup running back and a returner. He wasn't even getting to return. And that he was not putting in the work that they were expecting him to be, whether it's in practice, whether it's in the film room, the weight room, all that stuff. He was a guy who was 
by many considered a top 100 talent and fell to the seventh round, in part because there were questions about, was he coachable? Now, I think it was easy at the time to dismiss some, dismiss some of those, especially because there were you know, allegations of racism and some other things that, that muddied the waters. It may be the case that he's just not, he's just not the right guy and it's not the right fit for this coaching staff, for this team, for this organization. That might just be the case. Sometimes that happens. But I think what both of these do is in the case of Amari Rogers, he was given a number of opportunities, a number of opportunities. And at a certain point, that loyalty, it's got to be just out the window because if you can't play, you can't play. And so for them, that's saying, look, we're going to give you every chance you can possibly have to fail. But at a certain point, with when you've proven you just can't play, you got to go. And the standard in Green Bay is you have to understand what we're trying to accomplish as an organization. And the role is the role. And the standard is the standard. Aaron Rodgers talks about this. Matt LaFleur talks about this. The veteran players talk about this. You're either willing to put in the work or you're out. And at least by Matt standards, clearly, because again, he never says anything, anything. He said something about this. So that means there were real issues there. And so these in that way are connected. If you do the right things, if if you are a good guy in the locker room and, and you do everything the coaches ask of you and you just can't play, we'll give you every opportunity. That's what the team is saying. You work the right way, you practice the right way, but at a certain point, you got to produce, otherwise you're out. And it is the case that if you don't do everything that's expected of you, if you don't accept your role and you don't put in the work day to day, you're also out. And in a season where things aren't going great, maybe these moves are made a little bit more impetuously. I don't think they are. I think I think in both of these cases, it seems like the Packers did not come to these decisions lightly. That this sends a bit of a message to your team. Look, there's, there's two ways this can go. You either do the work and you'll get every opportunity in the world. Or you don't and you're out. The fact that Amari Rodgers is out is not due to the fact that he didn't do the work. In fact, they were loyal to him to a fault. If you do it, you will get rewarded by opportunities you might not otherwise get. And frankly, might not otherwise deserve. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Turl, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts around the US, the UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You can book any car, any car. Book a spacious SUV, a minivan for a road trip, or a classic car, a luxury car for a special event or a birthday, prom, homecoming. Did we do homecoming? I don't know. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget, just if you need to get to A to B. Test drive a new car. Don't, don't feel the pressure at a dealership. Use Turo. Free up boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. And, and 
Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. It's my show. I would love for you to check it out. All right. The official word is we are no longer counting streaks because the Packers are back. They have a win finally. And that means Zayu Duin gets to be on the right side of the ledger once again. Joining me from Fox 6 in chilly and snowy Milwaukee, Lily Zhao, to answer the frigid question right now. Zayu Duin. Peter, I am doing good. I am not looking forward to driving in the snow today. Um, so that's the one minus of, of today, but I'm doing great. And, and you're right. I was going to say we should not count streaks anymore because, you know, we, we did like a 360 and they won a game. So I'm doing good. I'm pumped. Is how you doing? I'm good. That's right. We we said last week we're not counting any more uh, losses or wins. And guess what? They got a dub. You love to see it. It is officially football, football weather in Wisconsin, which is great for Thursday when you're going to have two teams who want to run the football squaring off against one another. We're going to get to the Tennessee Titans of it all. We have to start with what happened on Sunday with the Dallas Cowboys in a win that was great for like 14 different reasons, maybe more than that, honestly. But speaking of 14, that number is in my brain because the Packers came back from 14 down in the fourth quarter, 28 14. So when the Cowboys, score to make it 28-14, your thought in that moment is what? If it followed the last five losses, it was, oh no, total collapse. Here they go again. Season's over, we're going to be three and seven, yada, yada, yada. Um, But like Aaron Rodgers said, he said that 14-point difference and the way that they came back from it was really the turning point. And they show championship medal, in my opinion, because this team has been very bad against adversity, but they stayed patient and they got a touchdown and then they got another one and they tied it. And I'm like, that is what this team needed to do. It needed to show they could respond because it's been a long five weeks in terms of saying, okay, they're in a position to potentially win. They're in a position to respond after another team scores a touchdown and they can't do it. And they finally flipped the script and they finally were able to be patient and respond. Um, that really, I think I agree with Rodgers. I think that really was the turning point for them to say, we can still do it. It's We're still the Green Bay Packers. We still have the ability to come back even in a two-touchdown deficit. And they really proved me wrong on Sunday because I thought it was going to be the same old script. So it's interesting. I, I didn't think that it was. I, I felt like they can still win this game. And I hadn't felt that. I think in in maybe the last two weeks before that, where I was just like, I had no faith in their ability to beat the Lions. I was just like, there's just no way. Like they they look like a team that is dying to roll over. And I, I just, for whatever reason, like I know they had just gone three and out, you know, the, the Cowboys score 21-14, they go three and out. And you're just like, oh my God, no. And then they score again. And I'm just like, okay. I, I kind of just think like it's effort time. And, and for whatever reason, I was like, well, in effort time, Aaron played his best ball against Buffalo and maybe this is sort of what they needed. And then of course it gets to fourth and seven. And then I was just sort of like, okay, this is it. Like they're, they don't have anyone to throw the ball to on fourth and seven. And they threw it to Christian Watson and he scores. And then you're really like, 
oh my God, like they could win this game. And it started to feel like on that play, didn't it feel a little bit like, wait, not only like might they win this game, I think they're going to win this game. That was just the, I don't know, I can't explain it. Um, I have been pessimistic on this team the last few weeks, but in that moment, I really did just like, I kind of started to feel the Aaron Rodgers magic. He owns Dallas. Like, did you, did you ever get that feeling of like, oh wait, this is going to happen now, like before overtime, let's say. I was thinking so. I, I certainly thought that with a minute 34 left with two timeouts, I tr- I truly thought oh. that they were able, they were going to drive down the field and do something. Yeah. You know who didn't think that? Matt LaFleur. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> uh, but I thought it was going to be in that moment where they won the game, but luckily they were able to do it in overtime, but you're right. There is kind of just this innate, like we know they're going to win, but how are they going to do it kind of feeling? And, you know, Rogers even said after the game that he, had a feeling this week that they were going to win. And um, it certainly was. Yeah. And all week. And, and it certainly was a game where you're like, they can win it. They they have to win it, but how can they do it? And again, luckily they, they showed how in, in overtime. They, they did. And, you know, maybe it is too little too late. And, and that certainly could be the case. They've got a, they've got a tough opponent coming in uh, that, that can do a lot of things that, you know, goes with where their weaknesses are in terms of running the ball. And they still have to go to Philly and they still have to go to Miami. But it was something, right? It was signs of life from this team that you just you just didn't want this them to roll over, right? You just didn't you wanted to at some point to have them say, "We're not going out like this." And it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers; it was Aaron Jones. It was a defense that made some plays. But we're we're almost six minutes in, and we have not talked about Christian Watson. Um, what did you? So okay, I asked this to Ross Uglum, who was on yesterday. He covered Christian at North Dakota State. What was going through your mind on that first drive when he drops back-to-back passes? And I have to say, the second one, I didn't think was that bad. The first one in his hands. The second one, he had to make a sort of like diving catch in coverage. Like, that's a tough play. The first one he's got to have. But were you just sort of like, again, here we go again? Was that the feeling? A little bit of it, but I I, I felt like, again, for this team to be able to stress a defense, they needed a downfield threat. And who could that be? It has to be Christian Watson for this team to beat anybody. They need that still with him. So I thought, okay, they're, you know, of course, you know, they're going to stack the box and see what they can do with the run. Um, and luckily it was, you know, Matt LaFleur saying that, Hey, Christian, we're going to go back to you. Even though you had two drops in that first drive, we're going to go back to you. We have confidence in you. And again, this is what these young receivers need in terms of, okay. Yeah. It was really bad at two straight drops, but they're still going to go back to me and I can still make that play. And I think that was luckily what happened. And it really was Christian's coming out game because again, this is the potential that we know this kid can have. And again, they're going to be growing pains along the way, right. With the, with the drops and, and whatnot. And hopefully he can stay healthy, but the upside is tremendous with this kid. Um, so I thought it was really encouraging that they were like, okay, despite the two drops, it's not like we're not going to go back to you. And they went back to him in a big way, but he responded in an even bigger way. I think that's what uh, was so encouraging. But, you know, there was a point where I'm like, oh, here we go again. However, I'm glad my the the angel on my right side said, don't doubt him because he can do it. He certainly did. Yeah. And I think, you know, even even his biggest fans would probably be lying if they thought three touchdowns was going to be in the cards after that first drive. And and yet that is exactly what he went out and did. The first um, rookie to do that for the Green Bay Packers since 1978 when James Lofton did it. The first rookie since Randy Moss, the only other rookie to have three touchdowns against the Cowboys in their team history. So pretty, pretty good company. If you're in the if you're in a, a stat with Randy Moss and James Lofton, um, two two Hall of Famers, like that, those are those are pre- that's pretty good company to keep. Um, 
it does make you think about what this offense can be with Romeo Dobbs, with Alan Lazard, with Randall Cobb, with all of these guys healthy. And, and I think it's a good reminder that in the spring, Watson was the guy turning heads, not Romeo Dobbs the same sort of way. Like I remember a, a nugget in a Ryan Wood column or something like, oh yeah, keep an eye on Romeo Dobbs. And, and that was when we didn't even know how to pronounce his name yet. And it really wasn't until training camp that he started to get some of that hype. Um, when, when you look at where this offense can go, do you think there's still another level this year with these guys that they can get to? I certainly think so. And, you know, again, if you can get Randall Cobb back, you know, Sammy Watkins made Might be this week. Days. Right. It's these guys are coming back from health and you still have a guy named Alan Lazard. And I think the potential, of course, is a lot higher than what we saw against the Cowboys. But I think they still need to be consistent because at this point, again, it's their teams are still going to stack the box until you can consistently beat them down the field. And can Christian be consistent? Can he continue to make those big plays? And not have those drops. Because again, we know what Devontae Adams, like his early career, there were doubters and he went to prove them wrong, right? Maybe this could be a Christian Watson type situation. Um, they need to be consistent in that area. But I, I certainly think that if he can improve on that and stack those successes and you have Randall Cobb come back, you know, do you bring in Jawan Winfrey and do you, you know, have him for long, the long term and Samari Toure whenever Dobbs comes back, hopefully it's the, there is potential there, but these guys still need to perform at a high level because again, it's it's not like they have a Stefan Diggs type receiver out there. So they're all going to have to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. The difference, I, I go back to this point all the time and it, it's true in all sports. The difference between a good player and a great player is consistency because everyone in the league is talented. Everyone given the opportunity, you know, like there are probably 60 receivers in the NFL who could have a hundred yard receiving game, but then how many of them could have six, how many of them could have eight or 10 in a season that number all of a sudden shrinks way down. And so I still think three touchdowns in a game, like there's probably not that long a list of receivers who would be able to do that given the explosive ways that he got them. But then, okay, it's how many times in a season are you going to do that? If you have three or four games where you're scoring two, three touchdowns, that's elite level stuff. That's like top 10 kind of receiver stuff. I don't think that should be the expectation moving forward, but consistency would be nice. Speaking of consistency, one of the most consistent players on this roster is no longer on it because that consistency was really bad. Amari Rogers released um, on, on Tuesday, and it was a move that I don't think is that surprising. Um, if anything, it's surprising that it took this long. I get, what was your reaction when you saw the news? I was more surprised about the Kylan Hill uh, yeah. news, but... You know, it, again, it, it could be back though. Right. It, it always sucks when guys lose their jobs, right? It's, you're never going to be like, oh, hooray, he's, he got cut, he lost his job. That stinks. But it's just, it's the nature of the business because, again, it's very results oriented business and the results simply weren't there. I mean, when you're fumbling four times in your key spot on special teams, you just can't have it. You can't put the ball on the ground. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to carve out a role in the offense as a receiver. 5'9 guy just couldn't really find a niche there with the team. And maybe his niche would have been on special teams, but he just couldn't get it done. So it's unfortunate that, you know, he did get released, but you know, it, I don't know if it's surprising per se that he didn't get cut sooner because again, in a couple plays offensive or, you know, on the offense when these receivers were down, but I think it's, it's a belief from Rich Passaccia. Like I believe in this guy, I think he can still do it. But then again, when you're, when you're putting the ball on the ground four plus times, it's kind of like you have to let him go. It's a fine line too, because I, I think one of the one of the 
defining stories of the Mike McCarthy era was sticking with Dom Capers too long. And yet one of the great success stories of having faith in guy in a guy as he is struggling is Mason Crosby, who is still on this team, who's made some of the biggest kicks in Packers history, who had the game winner on Sunday night, had two 50-yard field goals in 2016 when they beat Dallas in Dallas. It is, it is, I think, in a coach's DNA to say, I believe in this guy. I see how hard he works. I'm going to keep giving him chances, even if there is this evidence that I'm wrong about this. It is in a coach's DNA to support and, and want his players to succeed. It, I, I just, I imagine it's got to be so tough for these guys to say, I really like Amari and Rich Passaccia said it, right? I love Amari Rogers, the person. It's got to just be so tough. It's so easy for us, right, Lily, to sit here and be like, why is he out there? Why, why is he still on the team? Well, if you get to spend six, eight hours a day with this guy, it's probably a lot harder to do in, in reality, in, in practice. And so I think we forget part of that sometimes in the human side, especially for someone like Rich, who builds such strong relationships with his players. 100%. I, I totally agree with you there. Because again, it, it's again, you know, these guys have been with each other from for multiple years, or they get here at the start of training camp and they've been grinding throughout the season. You get to know them as a teammate and as a friend. And, you know, unfortunately, again, it's the nature of the business guys get moved all the time, but you know, to your point, being a coach, it's, it's again, you build a special relationship with these guys. You see how hard they work. You believe that they can get the job done. But again, I think at this point it was kind of like, we need to find a solid, reliable returner. You know, if, if there's a position in the game later in, in the season where maybe it's for, you know, keeping themselves in playoff contention and you have a fumble on a kickoff or on a kick return, it's kind of like, well, we could have made a change earlier in the season, but we didn't. So I think they were weighing the risks and the rewards. And, you know, they love this guy. He's a great kid. I hope he lands somewhere and does a good job, but it just wasn't getting it done. And again, like we said, it's just, it was time to, to move on. Yeah. You know, again, it, it is unfortunate. I, I do hope they can get Kylan Hill back on the practice squad. If that is indeed um, the hope there, but this does seem like it's pretty good news for um, someone like Jake Hansen, who could come off the IR this week and Randall Cobb, who the Packers seem optimistic could come off IR this week. Joe Barry sounded optimistic. Devondre Campbell was going to be able to come back this week. And that's good because you've got a stiff test against the Tennessee Titans, who I may or may not have called frauds on this show yesterday. But still, you have to go out and beat them. They're still a, a solid NFL team. I don't think they're a six and three football team, but that's a different thing. Um, this this Titans team, they they just love to win a game 21-17. And the Packers, man, they love to lose a game 21-17. So um, it does seem like from that standpoint, a, a, a bad matchup. Um, but you and I came to the conclusion a couple weeks ago, the best game of the Matt LaFleur or the most impressive game was 2020 when they absolutely put it on a Titans team that everyone thought was going to come in and run over them. And Joe Barry, I thought this was interesting, said that was one of the first games he watched um, when, when he came to Green Bay trying to get the best out of him. Do you think the Packers are going to be up to the challenge of stopping Derrick Henry when you don't really have to do much else to stop this Tennessee Titans offense? They better be because uh, <laughs> teams this year where, you know, they have potentially one or two guys that you need to stop on offense and they can't get it up. Right. And then that guy runs wild and has mm -hmm. 
So see I, also Jefferson, comma Justin. Yes, um, it, it's kind of obvious who they have to stop. It's got to be Derrick Henry and get after Ryan Tannehill. I mean, the guy almost threw for well, two hundred and fifty plus yards um, in their last game, but get after him. But most importantly, stop Derrick Henry because they're going to grind it out. They're going to put together like fifteen play drives potentially, and you don't want to wear your defense out, especially with how thin they are currently up front. So. Again, any given Sunday, any given Thursday, I should say, it's certainly doable. But again, Peter, they got to stop Derrick Henry, and that's got to be the focus on defense. Do you know how many teams average more passing yards per game than the Tennessee Titans? Uh, I know, I know, the Niners don't. It is one team. One team averages fewer yards per game passing than the Tennessee Titans. It it's it's the Chicago Bears. Oh, Justin Fields. And it's actually like not that close. 148 is the number 148 yards passing in the year of our dear Lord. 2022, <laughs> the Kansas city chiefs averaged 313. Like it, they just, they run an offense that is from 1984 and it works for them because they play solid defense. Um, and they don't, they don't score a lot of points either. They're, they actually score fewer points a game than the Packers do. Um, and so this is one of those games where like, if you can start off seven, nothing, 10, nothing, what do the Titans do? They're probably just going to keep handing the ball to Derrick Henry because that's what the Packers do. If they got down seven, nothing, 10, nothing, 14, nothing. But it feels like the kind of game where if there was ever a game to start fast on a short week, this feels like it. So that being said, what is, do you think the best way to do that? If they want to jump out ahead, do you try and hit some shot plays early? Or are you sticking to the script, Aaron Jones, and then try and set up the play action maybe a little bit further down the line. I would say the latter. I, I feel like if this had been a consistent thing with these receivers being able to haul in some deep balls, I would say go take a shot play. I mean, they're still probably going to, but I think the reliable answer right yeah, now. Watch first play of the game. Right. 50 yard ball. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think the reliable game plan now is again, still Aaron, Aaron Jones, run it with him and set up the play action and, and try to hit one deep with, with Watson. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt at all because again, the Titans can give up those passing yards and chunks. Um, this is a defense to do it against. And again, they have to be careful because if that run game gets stuffed, they got to start throwing and these guys need to start making catches. So I think that's going to be the reliable game plan. And, and hopefully there are some shot plays that they do take. Um, but you're right. It, they need to come out to a, to a fast start. It's going to be at home, which is a big advantage. I think that crowd is going to keep this, this team juiced, especially coming after a win. So again, anything can happen. I think this is a very doable game for this team, considering again, like you mentioned, just how low the Titans are scoring because if the Packers put up 21 points, they feasibly could win. It's not like they got to put up 35. Um, so I, I think that's kind of going to be the formula for success if they stick to what I'm thinking of at least. <laughs> yeah, and and very quietly, the, the Titans defense is is a, a bit of a bend but don't break unit, and that's what the Packers have been all year offensively. Like they they rack up a lot of yards and don't score a lot of points. Well, that's what the Tennessee Titans are. They average, um, they allow almost 360 yards of total offense, um, which is one of the I think seven or eight lowest in the league. But they're a top ten defense in points per game. Those two things don't make any sense. So either you're getting a little lucky with turnovers, probably, and you're playing really well in the red zone, probably. Well, that stuff is not sustainable necessarily. And so if you're the Packers, outside of that weird 40 to 40 block where they've been terrible, they've been really good sort of everywhere else. And so I continue to believe this is going to be the week that we go, yeah, the, the Titans aren't as good as we thought. 
and the Packers are better than we realized, but they have to go do it because the Titans do a lot of the things that the Packers needed to do well and didn't like play discipline defense and tackle and have an identity offensively, you know, like things that are like, you know, minor things, Lily in the grand scheme of things. So uh, we'll see if they can do it. Um, And, and no talk of streaks, but we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Peter. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for small businesses. You want to be 100% certain that you can access the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You don't want to deal with even looking at resumes for people who don't really want your job, aren't really qualified for your job. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier for you to focus on the people with just the right skills so you can get exactly the candidate you are looking for. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedinjobs.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and major league and amateur league out there. Probably not your like local bar league, but from football, basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get the money when you win. Put it in, take it out, bang, bang, boom, done, boom, done. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. I'm so sorry. To learn more, bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Catch up on the biggest stories in sports. Plus get instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's my show. Please come hang out. 18 minutes, 19 minutes, 20 minutes, 21 minutes max. It's all in the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. All right, crossover Thursday, coming tomorrow as a preview for the Thursday night game, and then we will be live on YouTube after the game. Check us out on YouTube, of course. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, no live show on Friday because we've got a recap show on Friday. It will be Thursday after the game to come hang out with us and to stay locked on Packers.